listeners, and welcome to another episode of EdgeGuard, the podcast where we take a closer look at games on the fringe. My name is Blake, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host and good friend, Jordan. Hello, I am Jordan. Jordan's here, and we are going to talk about a video game by the name of Perfect Vermin, uh, which is a game by Maceo Bob Mayer, Angad Mathuru, uh, are the those are the two sort of primary developers and then sound design by chris dang or chris dong perhaps uh and uh music composed by daniel shipalov shipalov not sure how to pronounce that um anyway this is a game where you smash shit with a hammer <laughs> a sledgehammer Yes. Uh, and that's it. Uh, thanks. If you enjoyed the episode, make sure to follow us on Twitter. No. <laughs> if you want to play the game yourself, we'll put it in the description. Uh-huh. And, uh, uh, if you would no, like ser- to smash stuff with a hammer yourself. Yeah. Uh, no. So this game, I mean, it is, I was not wrong. The, the thing you do is you walk <laughs> around and smash it with a hammer. The only ways you can interact with this game are you sort of have first person control, you move with WASD, look with the mouse, and you left click to swing a big sledgehammer. In fact, the instructions uh, say left click to interact, but you quickly learn that the only interaction you have uh, is smashing. <laughs> I, I actually really liked that touch. We, we can get to that in a, in a moment. But, okay. um, <laughs> but yeah, so basically uh, at, the, at the outset of this game, and the game doesn't really tell you what to do. Uh, it just tells you, I guess we, we might as well talk about it right now. You're just, you just, uh, you, you start in an elevator, you get, uh, a prompt that says like use W A S and D to move, you move around and then you walk up to a door and it says, uh, press or left click to, uh, interact. And when you press it, uh, suddenly a sledgehammer appears and <laughs> smashes down the door. Uh, and that's all the tutorial you Which get. Which is after so that. great because you know, that, that sequence is so, you know, so many games start that way. So you're uh-huh. expecting the doorknob to turn and the uh-huh. door to open, but instead it's the sledgehammer giant hammer boom. and obliterates the door. Uh, yeah, it's a great, it's a great tone setter. Um, because after that you're sort of set loose in this, um, sort of like eighties or nineties looking office space, like corporate mm-hmm. office space, uh, that is empty uh, and you walk around with a sledgehammer and you uh, hit stuff with it and the stuff breaks apart. Uh, and then uh, you have a fun surprise every once in a while when you smash something as it makes a humanoid grunt and uh, blood splatters everywhere. And there's sort of like rather than the the sort of like uh, chunks of uh, wood or, you know, particle board or whatever object you're hitting, <laughs> uh, like fleshy bits fly everywhere. Um, that was actually a, a really great and simple summary. I was I was thinking beforehand, like, how do you explain the, <laughs> the what happens when you smash the vermin? Uh-huh. Uh, that was that was that was wonderful. Um, yeah, thank you. Yeah, they they are there is fleshy bits is a good way to put it. You can't quite identify what bits they're supposed to be, but it it just has a very distinctively fleshy look to it. Yeah. Um, and then eventually you get instructions from it sort of zooms out and there's this to sort of point of view of this guy who's on a it looks like he's a newscaster uh, and he's giving you instructions where he tells you to kill the vermin faster. And so the 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 sort of gamey bit of it is to uh, each floor that you you go on, you're trying to smash all the vermin, which are you sort of 
realize they're whatever beings they are they're hiding as this furniture like they're pretending to be uh, a chair pretending to be a fridge but they're always in a like just kind of uh, out of place, place a little bit uh-huh. like a chair in the bathroom or a chair kind of not naturally with the the like design of the room um mm-hmm. uh, sometimes it's super obvious sometimes it requires a little more discernment um and so you're just finding them and smashing them is the is the goal yeah so so basically you have this first pass through each level where you're walking around at, at least and the, on the very first level, you're just kind of like walking around swinging the hammer at everything because you don't really know what the objective of the game is because it hasn't been laid out for you. And then once you uh, destroy all the vermin in the scene, which I believe there are five in every scene, they're, they're the, always around five. Five in it, the first few, and then there's ten in that weird oh, split screen in, one. Sure, sure. Although I guess it's five in each. Five in each, yeah. But uh, so you basically have like a first pass through each level where you... Um, don't have any timer and you don't have the sort of uh, newscaster talking at you um, where you're just sort of like smashing everything trying to find uh, the 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 so-called vermin um, and then after mm. that the newscaster will interject and give you a timer and you'll have a limited amount of time and you have to either sort of memorize the positions of those things or there's a few other little twists that happen throughout the game but mm-hmm. I mean largely what you're doing is you're going around swinging the sledgehammer at uh everyday objects until uh some of them explode in blood and viscera uh (laughs) and then and then this newscaster uh sort of slowly descends uh into madness and into some sort of uh gross pustules and boils start to grow on his hands and face yeah i mean i think uh this game is definitely uh sort of uh depicting that maybe or it's it's implied that uh maybe those vermin weren't actually vermin and uh maybe they weren't actually desk chairs or you know everyday objects uh and that maybe this is a a person's descent into madness or or something like that it's it's not really explicitly clear but yeah by the end uh the the newscaster is like slumped over a table with like these weird horrible growths he looks like a character from some sort of like body horror film uh and then you're like uh walking through this like hallway of that looks like the insides of some monster's guts and you're like hitting pustules uh with the hammer on the wall and having them explode it's it it definitely uh it gets sort of a surreal and deranged uh the deeper in you get (laughs) yes Um, yes indeed and actually and actually it got like more unnerving and creepy than i was anticipating i thought it was going to kind of be like uh silly but it actually kind of got like uh it made me feel a little gross by the end (laughs) well i would say so for me it was kind of like it felt unnerving and then silly and then unnerving again like the the Mm. very beginning just something about the like grunt they make when you smash them and Dude, the sort of ambient yeah. noise and it's, the lights kind of dim. And then just the, the effect of uh, the newscaster scene, cause we didn't describe this, but the, the, the screen next to the newscaster is your first person view screen and you yeah. still are interacting with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just feels weird to be like caught in this little smaller version of the screen. So there was just like little things that made it feel weird. But then something about the the animation of the the stuff falling apart when you smack it is a little mm-hmm. funny. 
Um, and sure. it's kind of got a satisfying like click to it. Like you, you kind of yeah. want to just smash all the chairs just because they, I, I, mm-hmm. I do really want to compliment the, um, the like object destruction, the destroy yeah. animations are really good. Uh, they yeah. just, the way it falls apart, just feels so reactive. Uh, my, my personal favorite was the windows and you hit them and the glass shatters and blows out. Yeah. Really so I didn't satisfying. realize that was something you could do till very near the end, but yes, yeah, I, uh-huh. the windows is very satisfying to smash. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think that, uh, the sort of like satisfaction of the destruction or sort of like the, the quote unquote, like fun, uh, that is inherent to like walking around smashing shit at, at uh, with a hammer is kind of like uh kind of weaponized against the player to to intentionally make you feel uncomfortable because at first you're just like oh i just have like happy smash time that's what this game is <laughs> and then the second you hit one of those uh one of the like quote unquote vermin and the, i think the thing for me that did it was not like the the bloody chunks and stuff but the fact that it like sounds like a person it goes like the oh. voice yeah that's yeah i was like i was creepy. like oh oh no <laughs> yeah it actually this is a weird tangent but uh-huh. i so apparently most like all mammals have a um distress scream i, I don't know about all many mammals sure their distress scream sounds very familiar like very similar uh-huh. so i saw this video once of a deer like crying out for help as it was being pursued by a bear and it sounded uh-huh. so human it just made me really uncomfortable just like something there's something you know it's supposed to be very like presumably very like um just uh like gutturally empathetic like you just hear it and you're like huh. oh someone's in trouble like because that's the point yeah. of it, right like you know tell the other mammals yeah i mean uh, it probably but, honestly, so there's something like, about that th- that grunt that really made me feel that similar feeling like just like oh god just yeah. a feeling of distress just like Ugh. yeah i mean honestly it, it probably has something to do with like tapping into our sort of like uh i don't i primal isn't quite uh quite the right word maybe like instinctual thing yeah. of like uh you know pack mentality like oh uh, another yeah, exactly. another one like me is crying out i must go help or exactly you know, um, something similar to like how humans respond to like a baby crying, for example. Yeah, but, exactly. Uh, yeah. I definitely think that that it was the thing that first made me kind of go like, Ugh. I mean, definitely. I think these sort of like sterile, uh, corporate office after hours, it's very clearly there are windows and it's very clearly nighttime. So, uh, it definitely also has that kind of weird vibe of you're like, uh, I'm in a workplace, but you don't stay. I don't want to be at the workplace at nighttime. <laughs> night, uh, night in an office is always uncanny just cause it feels wrong. Well, I yeah. don't know. If I you've think ever, there's some truth to that actually. I, yeah. I don't know if you've ever like worked in an office, but like every once in a while it's like you have to, you know, you either stay late or you like get there really early. Uh, and it, there's a definitely an eerie vibe when you like get to the office. I used to, um, back when, uh, you know, before COVID, when I could actually work in an office, I used to get to the office really early. Uh, and sometimes I would be the only person at the office, uh, when I got there at like 7am. Uh, and, uh, it, there's definitely like an eerie vibe of like, it's totally black outside because it's winter and it's 7am. Uh, <laughs> And also there's no one else here, but there's like this 
like oddly well lit space <laughs> because it has yeah. to be well lit enough lighting. That, uh-huh. It has to be well lit enough that you can do your work at any time of day. So you're just kind of like walking around this. It, it, it sort of has like a, a weird <laughs> sterile feeling. I mean, I think it's kind of similar to like the, um, like hospital lighting in movies, how it is kind of used yeah. to like enhance the creepiness of just like the sterility and like the, 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 the light reaching every little corner is like almost makes it more creepy than if there was allowed to be yeah. like a little bit of shadow. <laughs> okay. That's so that's great. That gets me to two points I wanted to make. The first one Perfect. very brief is just that we, I did not intend this at all, but this actually was a pretty decent pick for Halloween. Uh, yeah. This, this I episode is <laughs> coming out the day after Halloween. So I, uh, when I was playing, I was like, Oh yeah, boom. Halloween episode. <laughs> there you go. Good we job. Did it. <laughs> Spooky Halloween special. There it is. Uh-huh. Um, and then the other thing I wanted to say about this game is just, I think that you've already started to elaborate on this, but I, I think it has a really um, effective and succinct, just like visual mood. I, mm. I just think like overall uh, it does a lot with a little in its, in its visual design. It's one of those games that, um, you know, you play it and you're like, this is graphically very simple, but it gets mm-hmm. a lot of mileage out of what it does. Um, sure. One of the things about the office aesthetic that it sort of reminded me of is the game Stanley Parable. Uh, mm-hmm. And maybe that's because all video game offices look the same ultimately. Sure. But but the kind of like yellowish wallpaper and like the 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 um, the furniture models, even just like something like very just kind of round about the chairs that uh-huh. reminded me of Stanley Parable, um, which is also sort of similarly like the the office is mundane until it's weird and, uh-huh. and unsettling yeah I, that's um, what i was about to say I, uh, both of these games uh the stanley parable and this game kind of uh use the uh the office uh you know the corporate office that that's kind of sad because like there's a specific uh vibe to this where it's sort of like a little bit of an older office yeah uh, it's not it's not you know a new schnazzy office building for you know a tech startup or something yeah you know, this isn't this is an older office <laughs> no the, open the, floor plan yeah no open floor plan no wall to ceiling windows uh yep. the 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 walls are sort of yellowish no instead of you know like white yeah there's no yeah. whiteboard it's like yeah uh, it kind of gives you this sense of like uh ah the people who work here uh must be pretty sad because <laughs> not only do they work in like uh, you know, uh, some corporate office environment, but their office isn't even like nice and schnazzy. Uh, it's, you know, sort of a sadder, it, it, it sort of, uh, gives this vibe of, uh, you know, uh, an older office that maybe the, the company doesn't have as much money as the, as the companies in the new office buildings or with the money to, yeah. uh, you know, renovate their office space. So well, you it, kinda it's kind of like, like the office in that way, like the show, the office. Yeah. Where, yeah. Where absolutely. It's like, it's like the distilled essence of old, like it's just like uh, an office that's so officey. It has like lost uh-huh all personality <laughs> yeah yeah but i do think it's interesting that like stanley parable sort of uses that um to juxtapose like uh comedy and uh absurdity as you know weirder and weirder things happen each time mm-hmm. you go through um and that also is used to sort of like characterize stanley as like a person who uh you know lives without uh risk which is i think uh uh 
something that comes up a lot in sort of like narratives about about offices yeah yeah like office space or something like that. the office as the symbol of a life lived without risk Uh uh-huh uh whereas uh this game is much more like uh this office is like creepy and mundane or or it's it's boring and mundane but uh as you're going around smashing it and sort of like uh killing these quote-unquote vermin there's sort of this like weird air of like uh it 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 really enhances the 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 creepiness uh rather than making it uh you know seem funny or pitiful it's more of more of just like oh oh no this is uh yeah i'm doing yucky things (laughs) yeah totally i um i don't know i mean one thing i think this is a little bit of a stretch but maybe not a crazy stretch but so the closest thing to a narrative, uh, like narrative information we get comes in the, the final scene um, in mm. which you are suddenly in a doctor's office. And oh, then this, sure. this text appears on the screen where it's clear that you uh, someone has been uh, given a um, terminal diagnosis for their cancer. Mm-hmm. And they are taught this person who's gotten the cancer diagnosis wants to be at an office building where some sort of unspecified act Mm. of violence is taking place because they want to uh like report on it i guess is what it seemed to be implying oh okay uh it was it was very confusing and ambiguous because it is no doesn't give you any warning to this um Uh but it seemed sort of like the 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 way I was interpreting this is this was kind of like an office rampage. Yeah. Uh, and so this is why it's a, it, the office is a little old too, because it's kind of like this was a big thing in the, in the news and like the eighties and nineties is like, you know, going postal, like the disgruntled worker. Now, uh, now the sure. sort of trope is more at, you know, darker, Sad, but pitiful. the like school, school violence. Oh, um, I see. But, uh, but the, um, the, so it seemed like insofar as there is a narrative to this, I think it's, you know, not like shouldn't be read as like, oh, that's what happened. It's intentionally ambiguous, yeah. but uh-huh. like the, someone has received news that they'll die soon and they decide to take out all their repressed frustrations on the office. Uh-huh. Um, and then either, the newscaster is that person or the newscaster is someone reporting on it. That was unclear to me because on the one hand, it seems like you could interpret his weird boils as supposed to be like, this is him with his diagnosis, but it's Mm. not clear. So yeah, here, here's, here's my take, uh, which I've only just put together now listening to you describe your, so my, my thought is the, the, uh, what we're seeing is the the person uh, sort of like, hmm, how do I want to phrase this? So the the like office rampage being this person who's find out found out they're terminally ill and is sort of like, you know, living that uh, depressing corporate lifestyle that we were talking about being invoked earlier and being like, I want to be remembered. I want to go out, you know. Yeah. I, and he says something like that in the final line, whoever it is in this. Um, sure. In, in the doctor's office, he says, how will they know I or how will sure. anyone care that I died if they don't know I lived or something? Like yeah. That? Yeah, exactly. 
So my interpretation would be that the 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 newscaster is is all in the the character's head and sort of the newscaster oh, becoming more and more unhinged and deformed. Sense. It is, is his the, own projection of the story that of the uh-huh. of the fact that he will be on the news. Actually, that makes yeah. way more sense. Yeah, and um, and I I also think that uh, the the game sort of uh, again, like you said, it's all uh, intentionally ambiguous, but. I think the game sort of supposes that the, uh, you know, the vermin are actually people who yeah. I assume are collateral damage in this, in this rampage. This rampage and they're, yeah. they're sort of, uh, their humanity is, uh, removed largely to absolve this person of the, their you know, sense of guilt. Yeah. Yeah. The they, ramifications from their point for, of view, you know, it's all, you know, they are, he, he's sees them as faceless, Sure. Uh, they're they're a part of the, symbols the of his office life that he hates. Yeah, yeah. And I think something that really solidified that for me is that uh, there are like posters on the wall that sort of look like a, a employee of the month things, and mm. uh, the images on them are like a picture of a refrigerator or a picture of a chair. Oh, I did uh, not notice that. That uh, makes it's. Oh, there are, okay. There are a few, All right. This okay. There is more explicit uh, narrativization uh-huh. to this than I was giving well, credit for. And that. and there's a there's another one which is that uh, on the bathroom, rather than having like the sort of like male female gender placard, it's a a chair, a picture of a chair. Oh my god, I didn't even notice that. That <laughs> wow. Yeah, there there are definitely a few little things like that. There are probably more, but the biggest one I remember, I noticed it most when I saw the uh, like a picture sort of framed and it, it's sort of a uh, position. So it looks like there's a little plaque below it. So I'm like, Oh, employee of the month. And I'm like, Oh, it's a fridge. And then I remembered, uh, you know, murdering that extra fridge in the break room, which was one of the more gruesome ones because you like hit yeah, the fridge and the door shatters off and there's just like entrails yeah, sort dude. of looking stuff on the inside. Um, yeah. It's, it's a bit yeah. grisly. If you can't tell this game's a, a little dark, it is a little dark. I, so for me, one of the darkest, so I will agree that visually that was the darkest moment, but uh-huh. I, I think there was something, they did a great job about, uh, a, a great job of giving the, the vermin chair people like mm-hmm. personality, which sounds <laughs> weird, but just the placement of some of them just felt mm. so alive. Like the, the, um, first of all it, it's amazing how obvious some of them are sure but when you like think when you think about it it's like oh why is that obvious i just like so for mm. some reason that placement of a chair just feels wrong to me mm. uh, you, uh you know we're all just so used to like uh interior design of offices that like something in the <laughs> middle of a room you're like oh what the fuck um, yeah but uh the thing that made that so creepy to me is it's like you know they're hiding right like they're mm. they're they're hiding from you um, so, so something about the like the fact that them they're trying to like blend in is what it feels like. Sure. It, it made it seem like the kind of like, uh, you know, symbolic or or adult mind version of like somebody hiding under their desk during an attack. Like it, sure, it just sure. like some sometimes the placement of the furniture. I just like it just communicated like this this thing is hiding from me in a way that was yeah. just creepy like oh god what am i Here, doing here's what i'm curious if you noticed the so uh in the very first uh floor when you go into the bathroom 
uh, in one of the stalls, there's just two toilets and one of the toilets is one of the things. But if you, if you, uh, pay attention, the, uh, the stall is locked. Uh, so all the stores are closed all the stalls are closed, but yep, that's the um, locked one. Yeah. Yeah. There's like the, sometimes stalls will have a sort of like uh, a little uh, window that says like vacant or occupied and it'll be green or red. And so yep. the, the little slide is, uh, is on the red thing. So you, but you break down the door and then uh, crush the, the yeah. extra toilet within. Um, yeah, definitely. It's uh, at, at first I wasn't noticing that the, that the chairs and objects were like out of place because I think partially like it can be sort of quote unquote environmental storytelling to be like, Oh, someone moved their chair over here to, uh, you know, work together at someone's desk on something. But then after a while you sort of, uh, first of all, I think that later on in the game, they get sort of more absurd and obvious with, uh, you know, (laughs) especially as they introduce like the time limit that it's kind of like they're, uh, put in weird places so that you'll remember where they are and, able to you know smash Mm -hmm. them quickly once you're under time pressure um but i did like how sort of like at first i wasn't really paying attention to like the chairs being out of uh, or the different objects being particularly out of place because uh you know to a certain extent chairs being in the middle of the way i've seen that in office before especially when chairs have wheels yeah (laughs) yeah i mean you know someone could have just like left the chair there uh-huh. Uh, but um yeah the you you do start to to sort of like pick up on the there there's kind of a pattern to it like the 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 chairs not at a desk are almost always a a a vermin um mm-hmm. which got me to something uh that I was thinking about this game which is uh like directions they could have gone but uh, chose not to um mm. which is it's interesting that they don't um, turn this into more of a uh, like puzzle game than it is because I mm. think that the mechanic they almost in the early in the early levels feel like they are setting you up for a kind of you know spot the difference puzzle right like like oh, the sure. the video game equivalent of those uh, you know those little visual puzzles you get as a kid where it's like what's what's wrong with this picture sure um, sure uh it feels like that's what they're setting up, but then you know, thematically, it seems to be more about this this guy's like descent into madness and violence. So they don't they don't do that as much. But I didn't I did have a moment of being like, you could get a you know you could sustain a lot of like levels just based on sure you trying to identify what's out of place. Yeah, I, I'm actually glad you brought that up because it did uh, that sort of ties in with maybe my biggest criticism that I wanted to get to of this game, which is that it kind of seems like it runs out of ideas from a like gameplay perspective on how to like keep mm-hmm. this interesting as they're sort of, uh, you know, narratively trying to convey a, a bit of like a descent into madness uh, because basically uh, you do like three or four levels and then you play the first level, except for you're standing on the ceiling now and everything's upside down, but it, all the p- things are in the same position. And then uh, after that, you uh, basically are presented like it cuts to the newscaster. And instead of just one screen with your gameplay on it, it's two screens and you're controlling both of them at the same time. And you have to clear two different levels that you've done before uh, in the same, you know, 90 second time limit or whatever. And at that point I was kind of like, uh, this is technically different, but it doesn't really like, 
to me, it didn't add much. It didn't, uh, mm-hmm. it wasn't like, oh, yeah. this is interesting. It's just like, oh, I'm just going to have to like yeah. try and remember two levels that I've already had to remember once because yes. I did each of them twice already. Um, so I, I, I also kind of like think that maybe what you described of making a little bit of more about puzz, uh, puzzling things out and sort of like figuring out uh, less obvious uh, hidden objects. Yeah, I, I even, a, um, you know, I... I, I see why they did it the way they did because they're they're clearly more interested in the. Um, I'm not gonna like make a judgment based on this decision, sure. but I think they they're more interested in the the story about the guy holding the sledgehammer than the mechanic of the sledgehammer. But I I do feel like mechanically it would be more interesting to be constrained in the number of swings or the number of objects I destroy than in my time. Because mm. it seems like the sort of natural challenge created by uh, a chair or, you know, a living being pretending to be a chair is in identifying it, not sure. in how quickly can I hit it. Um, sure. Because, you know, it's sitting there motionless. I, it, you can just hit everything. So the, the, the sort of um, thing that I, you know, I could imagine uh, a level where it's like you only ha- can destroy. Maybe it's like you get penalized for destroying actual furniture or something like that. Sure, sure. Um, and so you have to try to destroy all the vermin without destroying more than X number of desks, desks or whatever. Um, but I, this this gets me to a, a bigger point I want to say, which is that this is the challenge of like telling a game about or designing a game that is like about these kinds of like uh acts of mass violence Mm -hmm. Uh, i don't know if you've ever heard of the game super columbine massacre rpg i I have heard of it yeah so it was it not super important but it was a game is sort of early in the uh history of like serious games and um they and it was a huge controversy because people thought it was offensive but you know he's actually was trying to be a little more uh, nuanced about what Columbine meant than people were giving him credit for. Um, mm. I think there's still lots of valid criticisms, but the 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 like story he wanted to tell about these like um, disturbed uh, and kind of violent and maybe even fascistic uh, kids doesn't really complement the the sort of like RPG mechanics that he was was using Mm. like it just feels weird to be like it's almost like you're you are just have to forget your uh at a part of the story while you're playing the game and forget you're playing the game while you're focused on the story it just feels like two different things oh Um, i see and so i think that that's that's one of the problems with just like games about mass violence like this is it just is Uh like it's hard to focus on the it's hard to like process the the emotions you're having about the mass violence at the same uh-huh. time as you are trying to beat the game. <laughs> right. Sure. Like, uh, yeah. And, and I think, I think even further, I think there's maybe an, a weird tension about like, Hey, let's make our mechanics about communicating uh, mass violence more quote unquote fun or like interesting. Let's exactly. Right. Make like, them more engaging. Be fun. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think I think you could certainly play with that and, you know, by making it more interesting or engaging, you sort of uh, have players catch themselves dissociating uh, the the way they're interacting with the game from yeah. what thematically is 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 happening. 
uh, in a, in a way that could create some really interesting tension. Um, but I, but I do definitely see why maybe when you're trying to tackle serious sub subject matter, that's the sort of thing can kind of like fall by the wayside or it, it's not, maybe not the, the, uh, the primary function of a, of a game. Uh, yeah. Such as, I guess, such as I guess the thing I would say is it's like the, uh, the gotcha moment of Bioshock in which it, <laughs> it turns out that like you were being mind controlled, uh, or no, no, that's not a good comparison. What's a game where it's like, um, it turns out you were the villain. Oh, the, of like something like shadow of the Colossus. Like that can uh, only be done well so many times before the like the the game indicting you for playing it. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, ah, you were the bad guy. It's like, well, I was just playing the game as it was designed. Uh, yeah. You know, it can only be done so many times. Yeah. Although my defense of Shadow of the Colossus will be that is uh, the, best the character is also being played you know, in, in that game, oh, it's sure. You know, the, the, the character is being manipulated by the, well, yeah, I, I don't love that example of that because I think that is a very, uh, you know, that's that thing done well. And also that was sure. one of the early examples of that, right? Like a lot of other yeah. games are literally copying or at least inspired by shadow of the Colossus when they pull a similar move. Sure. Uh, sure. Um, well, uh, I think that's as, uh, as good a place as any to, uh, to close up our conversation this on this game, unless down. you had anything else, uh, you wanted to mention. I think I got everything from my notes. Uh, no, that was, uh, that was all I had about perfect vermin. Um, so if you want to play this game, uh, it is free, uh, on itch, check the description, uh, for this episode. We'll have a link there. Um, and if you want to, uh, um, listen to our next episode, uh, the next episode will be on a game by the name of Spot the Troll, uh, which is a quiz game. It's sort of like a game essay type thing that is about um, uh, examining so- real life social media accounts in order to identify which ones are fake, uh, you know, kind of like astroturfing uh, propaganda accounts. Um, and so it's uh, it seems like it might be a bit of a puzzle game, um, but it seems like it's mostly about uh, proving that, you know, some of these are really convincing. So, yeah, it seems know. like part puzzle game, part uh, corporate training uh, to teach you not to answer phishing emails like like identify fake news but that's a good example too (laughs) here's a have you ever had to do that they uh there's an interactive like uh which uh, of these emails is phishing thing training that i had to do uh in the in the recent past uh i mean it is um i didn't know i don't i hope it hasn't mattered but i didn't actually know until very recently that uh that like even clicking on a link is uh uh-huh. well i didn't know a lot about a lot of things computational but uh-huh. I, there's a reason those trainings exist a lot of people don't uh-huh. know that like literally clicking on a link listen, is uh opening you to listen uh, man the, the number of people i know who have <laughs> a degree uh and sometimes a degree in like computer science 
who still click on those fucking <laughs> like the company they'll 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 send fake phishing emails to be like dumb dumb you have to do this training again because clearly you weren't paying attention uh, the amount of people that get caught in those traps is uh <laughs> people who work on software and uh you know it's it's just uh, all all the clear uh fact that like learn to code bros and uh, people who think that uh, they're smart because they uh, work in computer software are full of shit because they're they're idiots. Because <laughs> they over click the place. on phishing links too. <laughs> uh-huh. They click. Everyone's a common rube. Okay. <laughs> Deep down. Anyway, sorry to derail you. I'll let you finish. Oh, uh, no worries. Um, the yeah, which is just to say, next week we'll be playing the game Spot the Troll. Um, if you'd like to uh, listen to that episode, uh, you should follow us on Twitter. Uh, at EdgeGuardCast. Uh, we tweet out all the updates for the podcast there, uh, new episode links, um, and then in the description of those episodes, we also uh, will um, give you the Twitter handles for the creator uh, if you're if they have one, so you can follow them and see what else they're working on, and then links to the games uh, so you can play yourself if you're interested. So if that's the kind of thing you want to get uh, updated to, follow us at EdgeGuardCast. We'd love to hear from you. We also always like to hear uh, game recommendations if you stumbled on something on itch that you think would be a, a good fit for the podcast. So uh, follow us there and we will talk to you next week. <laughs>